This is the Passive Wealth Strategy Show, the show that will help you escape the Wall Street casino and build wealth on Main Street by investing in real estate. I'm your host, Taylor Lote, and today our guest is Maria Quatrone. Maria is a successful realtor, business owner, and real estate investor who to date has done over $700 million in real estate transactions. Today, we're digging into her processes, tips, and tricks for building teams that can be successful in difficult real estate market conditions. Maria started in real estate before the Great Recession and has survived and thrived up till today and has much more ahead of her. And today we're digging into one of the most important things in building any kind of real estate business, which is building successful teams. We get into some of the nitty gritty and how she screens people, her processes and unique system for bringing in new talent to help them become successful. And we also talk about how she iterates these processes to learn from her mistakes because we all make mistakes in business. Successful people learn from their mistakes, change their processes, and succeed more moving forward. So we're digging into that as well. She is a wealth of knowledge and shares just an enormous amount with us today. I'm certainly appreciative, and I know you will learn a ton. Once again, I'm your host, Taylor Lotz. I'm a real estate investor, and I focus on multifamily and self-storage investing. If you'd like to learn more, just go to investwithtaylor.com and schedule a call, and we will look forward to speaking with you soon. Don't forget to subscribe and catch us here every weekday. Once again, our guest today is Maria Quattrone. Let's go. Maria, thanks so much for joining us today. For our listeners out there who don't know about you and your business and your background, can you tell us about what you do in the world of real estate? Taylor, thank you so much for the opportunity uh, to be on the podcast today. And yes, I am a real estate broker here in Philadelphia and also uh, own a motto mortgage expert solutions brokerage mortgage brokerage company, but we operate our company as a team office. So everybody in the company and the Remax office works under Maria Quattrone and Associates. And so we are one big team. Can we get a little bit into the scale of the businesses, how much real estate you've brokered, how much you're doing in terms of loans, information along those lines? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, I've been a part of um, probably over 3,500 real estate transactions over the last 19 and a half years. Um, in uh, March of next year, it will be 20 years in the business. I've been in sales for this May was 30 years. And then the, owning the Remax will be 10 years in January. The motto is brand new. We actually opened up last year, had a lot of hiccups with it. We opened in March and in April, the rates started to go up and they continued to go up through the rest of the year. And last year was one of the worst years in real estate in the last several decades the back end of the year was absolutely terrible. <laughs> yeah, especially for lenders with rates going up so much, refis really almost went away and lending really slowed down. But today I, I wanted to dig into your experience with building teams, because I think a lot of folks in real estate, no matter how they approach it, get started 
and are afraid to grow their teams in order to scale. So can we rewind it a bit and talk about who the first hire was that you made in your business? It was maybe a little while ago, but uh... it was. (laughs) So I'll tell you, I entered the industry in March of 2004 and I had a dual career until February 2005. I was an advertising executive for a group of radio stations and I basically sold radio airtime and marketing programs to drive business for those businesses. And I got tired of that for lots of reasons. We don't need to get into that today, but when I left the industry, it was February 5th, 2005 to take real estate to the next level. I did pretty well back then on my first year from March through December, I closed 17 transactions while employed full-time elsewhere and first year in the business with not even a full year. That was basically in three quarters over the year. So when I entered in February, no more radio, I quickly, very quickly recognized that I cannot go this alone. And by May, I had my very first assistant. And I really didn't know how to be a manager or I was not very good one. (laughs) She stayed with me for, I think, a couple years. I've had a lot of assistants over the years. But as we grew, I then hired, I had buyer's agents and then I hired a transaction coordinator. Then I had a listing coordinator. And so very quickly I built this team and as the team grew, I hired more real estate agents to work with me as I generated um, a lot of opportunities through my marketing efforts and also through handling a very large book of business on the listing side. So I was able to provide them with opportunities. I don't like to call people leads. So opportunities to help folks buy, sell and invest in real estate. And fast forward to 2013, I left the company that I was with for almost eight years and opened up the Remax franchise in uh, January of 14. And so been building the organization over the last 10 years and there's been uh, different variations of it. Um, at first we had a lot of new agents. They kind of fizzled themselves out as usual, 80%, 87% leave within the first two years. You got to make it past the first two years. Um, and then, so we were just really doing deals. I mean, my, uh, broker of record, a couple back office, and we had another agent, but we were, we were basically, we were knocking out park, just a small little group doing about 250 units a year with a very small organization. And now we over the last few years since the pandemic, um, we started to grow beyond that. We started a scholarship program where we would bring women and minorities through the program. We've given over a hundred scholarships. Fortunately, we have quite a few people who are here from that. And unfortunately, we have 80% of the people that we gave them to never pass the state exam, which is crazy. 
So we are, are so actually I'm doing something new this year. We are, September 6th it starts. So the people that are chosen for the real estate apprentice will go to class 9 to 12, Monday to Friday. And then in the afternoon, they will come here to our office to work. They'll be dialing for dollars into our database. So we are going to instill in people the work ethic required to be in this industry. And I think that is something that is completely lost. I'm not sure if you're aware or not, Taylor, but only 7% of the real estate agents and brokers were in the business in 2008 that are in the business today. 93% have not experienced a difficult marketplace. And in this current market, you really need to put everything out there as much as you can because their sales are down in our metro market about 25% year over year. And the three main reasons today that people sell their home is either death, divorce, or a relocation due to a job or a retiring elsewhere. So you really have to work as a team. We support our agent. We our agents are our agent partners. They're not our clients. We have a different type of organization. Our clients are our buyers, sellers, and investors that we work with in the real estate business. And our agents, we meet with them. We have a morning huddle every day at 30. It's called the MQA Success Huddle. And that means we're going to put out what our commitments are. Did we make them yesterday? What are we going to do today to make sure that we make our commitment? And then I do a wrap up at the end of it, a little positive reinforcement, inspiration, aspiration. And then on Tuesdays, we meet as a sales meeting and then a listing meeting. And on Thursdays, we have a listing training, uh, which is skill building. Uh, we do on Thursdays. And then if you're a new agent, you have new agent training on Monday, Wednesdays, and Friday um, early afternoon. So we spend a lot of time together. And that this is our family. We spend more time working than we do with our actual families. Um, if you look at from hours that you're awake, <laughs> we have so it's important that we work as a team and like any family taylor just like mine and yours probably is dysfunctional we sometimes are dysfunctional as well because companies are not perfect because there's humans in them so i tell everybody that up front you will get someday somebody will be mad about something somebody's panties will be in a bunch whatever but we can we you don't give up on your family, right? You're going to continue to support them. So we're going to continue to support everybody, even when people mess up, because they are going to. So put it out there right away with your team. It's not, it's going to be messy. It's going to be beautiful. There's going to be cloudy days and stormy days and sunny days, but you wouldn't know the sunny day if you didn't have the stormy and the cloudy. Absolutely. So there's quite a lot there. So to dig in a little bit about the number of agents or the percentage of agents today who have seen a difficult market is definitely very low and you're setting things up, building your team so that your new people are ready for a difficult market, which in terms of the transaction volume this year is much lower than it was in the past. And you're training them up to get them ready or get them in the 
mindset of really having to work to find opportunities and put in the difficult hours of, in this case, cold calling and dialing. How do you think about screening or evaluating their personalities? Do you do, say, like disc assessments are very popular or digging into who they are as a person, how they work and things like that before you're bringing them on board? So in regards to this scholarship real estate apprentice program, for example, these two questions I ask every candidate who joins our company or we choose to join our company. And we'll have tomorrow night, we'll have a group interview. So the questions, two important questions, most important questions, and we do not disc for the real estate agents. Um, We do actually disc them after they're on board, after they start the training, but we do not disc them before. So here's the two questions. Tell me about a time that you are most proud of in your personal or professional life, something that you did that was remarkable. So I I listen to what they say to that. Then I say, Taylor, tell me about a time when you had an altercation with your boss. Basically, you didn't do your job. You dropped the ball and you got in trouble for (laughs) better words. (laughs) And they were mad or whatever. What? Or there was something that happened and there was a domino effect. I would like you to tell me the story. And then I said, okay, so knowing what you know today, is there anything that you could have or would have done differently? And if they do not tell me that there's nothing they would have done differently, that they haven't grown since this happened three years ago, five years ago, a year ago. And they, so most of the times, and if they blame the boss, they're completely out. And if they say they haven't, there's nothing they would have done differently. Most of the time, I would say 95% of the time, they're out. Because what I found is that is... The blame game and a blame game is a victim at, a victim attitude, and we cannot afford to have any victims in the company because they'll blame me that they didn't have their sales. They'll blame somebody else. They'll blame the car in front of them who they can't get to work on time, whatever. And I'm not going to go for that. And those are two important questions. I will say ask them what they think a day in the life of a real estate agent looks like a day in the life of a realtor. I asked them, I think I asked them for what they think. And then I give them the reality of what it is. It's nothing like TV. It is not glamorous. (laughs) I was in like a burnt out building last week. That was probably worth about a 1.5 million of clients coming in today. Um, It was gross. It smelled, it was dark. It was like, I couldn't wait to get out of there. I mean, there's a lot of part of the business that's not fun. It's not glamorous and it's boring because you have to do, you're doing, if you want to get good at anything, you're doing the same thing over and over and over and over and over again. And it's monotonous, but that is how it works. And I say work works. If you do the work, it will work over time. Some it may be quicker. Some it may take longer. 
but you got to put the time in, you got to put the effort in. And this is no matter what you're doing, investing in real estate, it's not going to happen overnight. You got to see a lot of deals before you're going to pick going and you can't just go and buy something because it looks good. And, and the other thing about investing too, you can't fall in love with these properties. <laughs> At, if I hear one more person tell me they put too much money in and that I should cut my fee and that they got to bring money to tables, guess what? That's your problem. That's your choice. You made that choice. Real estate investing is, it's there's risk involved in it. Now, is it very, very risky? That depends on what you decide to do. But there's always risk. And you have to analyze that. And you have to see how um, much risk you're willing to take. And you got to be prepared. And I say when people own real estate with tenants, I said, can you afford to pay the rent if the tenant doesn't pay? Because I hear a lot of times homeowners want to rent their house because they can't get the price that they want. They can't, they don't want to accept what the market will bear, what the buyers get to pick the price. Not me, not you, the seller, the buyer, ultimately, you know, a question I asked to the uh, sellers, if you were to buy and invest in this property again, at the price that we have it marketed on the market right now, would you pay that price? And you know what they all tell me? No. No. I said, so why would anybody <laughs> else? I'm very fun to work with because at least I make people laugh, Taylor. And you give it to us straight just like we expect from folks uh, from, I do from Philly. Indeed. Transparency, transparency is key. So going back to those two questions, we dug into uh, the one about having a difficult time with your boss, if you will. The other one, tell me about a time where uh, you did something you were proud of. I think it was the, the exact question. What type of answer are you looking for there? For example, if somebody asked me that question, one, one of the things I would have said to them, I have a lot of different things, but one I would say is that I paid my way through college. I worked full time while I was in college. I did have go to three colleges because I changed my mind, but I did, I'm the first one in my family to graduate college ever. And having paid my way and worked my way through, I learned a lot about work ethic. I learned a lot about not giving up. I learned about perseverance. I learned about persistence. I learned about grit. I learned how to get my hands dirty and how to be strong and and then I was able to get my first job out of college before I was even graduated college because I did an internship. Also, I did the internship while going to school and while working. And that was like probably doing 80 or 90 hours a week then. So that would be before I got into business, but that would be something that I would like to hear something like that. A story of how you persevered through something like you could be... My mom was a single mom. I had to watch the kids. I did the work. I did this. I got through this or I helped a parent go to the next stage of their, their life. And they, I took care of my parent through cancer or I had a kid who has a problem and we did this. And I, I want to hear something that shows me that you have the grit, tenacity, persistence, perseverance. And you're not going to be like a wimpy flower and fall apart on me. Makes sense. Before we go to the three questions I ask every guest on the show, I want to 
focus on or talk directly to the person out there who I know is listening, who is contemplating their first hire. And we all make mistakes on our first hires. I know I did. And you certainly mentioned that the, you had made mistakes on your first one as many, well. Many, many hires. <laughs> many Probably hires. still making them. But but less mistakes because I've learned and it costs a lot of money to make mistakes, by the way. So we talked about screening questions, but what are a couple of other things that they should do before they make that first hire? Okay. So number one, what time did the person show up? How were they dressed? What did, not what did they look like, but what was their appearance? Are they all disheveled? Was their hair not man right? Did they come in with like nails? If they have nail polish on, was it all chipped off? Look at these things. I look at how they present themselves. If they are late, it's a big red flag right off the bat. Because if you're not 15 minutes early in my book, you're late. So that's really important. It's the little things. It's not always what they say. You got to listen to what they don't say. It's a little bit of a double negative, but what is something that they wouldn't say or something they don't say that is like a big red flag for you? I guess a couple things. If they say anything at all during an interview about like uh, bad, something bad about their old company, if they would something, if they don't say, if they don't say anything about our company, oh yeah, I saw that you have 550 Google reviews on Google or I saw your website. It has this. I watched your podcast. I want to know if they know anything about us. And you'd be surprised as how many people come to an interview without doing their homework. I, I want to know that, for example, how much they know about real estate industry. If they are a back office person and they can't tell, if they can't tell me everything, every step along the way about contract to close, then that's a red flag without me asking, without us pushing for an answer. They should be able to demonstrate and like this, every single thing that's needed on a file if you actually know what you're doing. Whether that's back office mark, uh, listing, uh, managing like the listing load or contract to close, whatever it, whatever position, you should be able to rattle it off or... If you can't rattle off everything, then at least be able to speak to it and go through the steps and motions of, okay, this is what I would do. And then I would do this. And then, and if we can't get that out of you without us asking for it, probing, you don't know what you're doing. You don't know, have no idea what you're talking about. Gotcha. Well, as I'm in the middle or the kind of the beginning stages of adding a new position and team member to my team, and I certainly appreciate your thoughts on the process today. Right now, we're going to take a quick break for our sponsor. Did you know that you can use your IRA to invest in real estate? Many real estate investors, myself included, use our self-directed retirement accounts to invest our retirement in real estate. You just need a custodian that allows you to self-direct your investments. That's why we've partnered with Rocket Dollar. Rocket Dollar is a technology-enabled, self-directed IRA and solo 401k provider that puts your retirement funds in your control. Our listeners can open a Rocket Dollar self-directed IRA for as little as 
$15 per month, plus a one-time setup fee. Just go to PassiveWealthStrategy.com slash Rocket, or click the link in the show notes. They have a fantastic knowledge base and a lot of guides to help you through the process and teach you all about how self-directed retirement account investing works. Once again, just go to PassiveWealthStrategy.com slash Rocket, or click the link in the show notes. All right, Maria, I've got three questions I ask every guest on the show. Are you ready? I'm ready. Great. First one, what is the best deal you've ever done? The best deal I've ever done? Hmm. There's a lot of them, but from a standpoint of percentages, I'm going to use this one. It was a while ago. Actually, it was my first condo I bought in 2001. And although the house I have now, I made a lot more money in over the time, but this home, I bought FHA, 3.5% down. I paid $108,000 for it. And in two years, because you leave there two years and then you don't pay capital gains, I sold it for $220,000. So my cash on cash return, if you look at 3.5% of 108, <laughs> it was a lot of money. It's a lot of percent, right? If you think about that, because you, you have 108, so I sold it for 220, so that's 112,000 minus closing costs. So if you're, I walked away with $100,000 with only 3,500 dollars plus closing costs, so I say $7,000 out of my pocket. That is a very good return. Absolutely. I think all the successful investments that we've had, I think it's going to be tough to beat personally the performance I had on my first primary residence. Very similar situation. Did very well on it. I'd love to do a few more of those. But right now we are going from the best deal you've ever done to the other side of that coin, the worst deal you've ever done. What is the worst deal you've ever done? The worst done? deal I've ever did was I built a brand new construction house, bought the land, got the construction loan, built this house, and I lost money. I should have made money, but I lost money because the contractor stole it. Then I got sued because it wasn't even, they weren't even supposed to allow to sue me, but they did. And so because if you're being sued, even if they're not supposed to in the first year, you have to answer the suit. It went on for three years. Then I had to write a check to the buyer and I had to pay the attorney for three years. So this property tormented me and my life for seven years. Talk about persistence. <laughs> it's, excuse me. It is effing over a few months ago. Wow. One last thing to deal with. Seven years. It's tough to have that hanging over your head the entire time. and But you made it through and hopefully we learn lessons along the way. Exactly. Yes. And that leads us to my favorite question here at the end of the show. Is what is the most important lesson you've learned in business and investing? The most important lesson I learned was about a decade ago. Enjoy the journey. Enjoy your life every single day. 
Do not compare yourself to others. You don't know what their story is. You only see what the surface is. And really, and and you never arrive. You'll never arrive. Because if you're growing, you'll always, because I learned this because I thought, okay, here's my goal, big financial goal, seven figures. I want it as a salesperson, I mean, and uh, sell, you know, making a million dollars a year selling real estate. And I looked around and nothing changed. Nothing changed. I'm making a million dollars a year selling real estate. I was making 168000 in my old job. And in a short amount of time, I was able to do that. But that's because that's another story for another day. But enjoying the journey and having a and perspective. I always say we live in, uh, God bless America, United States, where we have more opportunities to make your dreams happen and manifest them if you take action than anywhere else in the world. So perspective and enjoying the journey. Nice. I appreciate that. And I want to thank you for joining us today and sharing all this knowledge. If folks want to reach out, if they want to find your podcast or anything like that, where can they track you down? Yeah, absolutely. I'm on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, TikTok, whatever, Instagram, <laughs> Maria Quatron. You can find me just Googling my name and that's Maria Q-U-A-T-R-O-N-E and the podcast is Be The Solution. Great. Well, thank you once again for joining us today to everybody out there. Thank you for tuning in. If you're enjoying the show, please take a moment and leave us a rating and review in Apple Podcasts. And furthermore, if you're not subscribed yet, do look us up and hit the subscribe button. Catch us here every weekday right now. I hope you have a great rest of your day and we'll talk to you on the next one.